Hey guys, Josh White here, and I've been waiting to put this episode out for a long time. I was waiting until we got closer to the AFSA Summit, which is this August in Dallas. Bug your shirt, bug your supervisor, bug your commander. You need to go to this conference, and as an airman or guardian, you have every right to do so. So make sure you at least ask the question. Last year, during the AFSA PEDS 22, I got to meet a 12 Outstanding Airman of the Year. Her name's Colleen Mitchell, and I was just absolutely blown away by her story. The, th the things she went through were not easy to discuss, and there is a trigger warning for this episode. Uh, discusses a little bit about PTSD in combat, but Colleen was put in some crazy situations, and you know she's just such a kind, loving person um, that's just trying to do a good job and in. You know, getting to know her and then trying to picture her in those situations. I think she's incredibly brave, special person. Um, and I just wanted to tell her thank you for taking part in this transparent and vulnerable conversation. We talk about the Medic X Initiative, which, as a medic myself, I'm about to start a program that proved to be a lifeline during some contingencies. She explains how this initiative saves lives through rapid response and efficient medical care, emphasizing the importance of such programs in critical situations. And this all ties into her deployment in Kenya, which showcased the impact of the Medic-X program in action. This is where Colleen recounts the challenges faced and the incredible efforts of medical professionals on the ground. Their dedication and skill in providing aid to those in need left a lasting impression on Colleen. The journey of a serviceman or woman does not end with their return home. Oftentimes it's the start of a new challenge and Colleen opens up about that. She talks about her struggles with anxiety after her deployment, coming back to the U.S. and coping with the memories of the field, how they can be overwhelming. In this segment she candidly shares her experiences and offers valuable tips for others facing similar challenges. We also, of course, talk about the journey of the 12 Outstanding Airmen of the Year. It's no small feat. She's the top 12 of that year in the entire Air Force, and rightfully so. Colleen is incredible, and I'm so happy that she was honored on her return home with this award, with this experience. She talks all about how that has impacted her life. But that 12 Outstanding Airmen is a heavy crown to wear, and she talks about some of the, the less talked about topics surrounding being a 12 Outstanding Airmen of the Year, like the pressure that comes with that type of recognition and the responsibility to continue serving as that role model. I mean, just think about showing up to a base and you're labeled one of the best the Air Force has. You know, that could be a curse and a blessing, and she talks about both. Lastly, we talk about mentorship and how important that is. Her mentor is Chief Rick, and he played such a pivotal role in her life and career. And we end on that positive note with Chief Rick's wisdom and impact on Colleen's life. And hopefully you will be at the summit where you can meet me personally, and I'll give you a big hug. All right, everyone, let's get after it. You know what I mean? Like it kind of puts a bubble, like we're in a bubble talking. You know yeah. what I mean? So I love that we can, I can hear myself talk. I feel like I would get distracted by it. Are you? A little bit. <laughs> it's like I hear my own, you know like when you hear your own thoughts and you get distracted by yourself? Yeah. 
That's what you're experiencing this whole time. Well, this should be an interesting talk then. Let's see if we can stay focused, Colleen. Um, okay, Colleen, so I told you that, first of all, thank you for, for joining us today. We're live on Facebook, so you can say hi to everybody. Hi. Uh, this is Colleen Mitchell. She's a medic. She's a 12 Outstanding Airman of the Year. And from what I can tell, all around kick-ass person. And I just want to thank you for hanging out with us today here at Team Hero Front at the AFSA, live from San Antonio. Um, but Colleen, like I told you before, we're going to roll into the Hero's Gauntlet, which I do on every episode, which is uh, just three random questions. But because we're live, I'm going to do two random questions, and you're also going to give me two. We're going to take turns, and I'll go first. Okay. First question, if you had a movie about you and your whole experience in the military, if that was a Hollywood blockbuster, who would play Colleen Mitchell if it was up to you? Oh, oh my gosh. I don't know. Um, probably like 1980s Sandra Bullock with blonde hair. That's who I would pick. You know, like how she looked in Practical Magic? Yeah. That's what I would pick. Why do you like Sandra Bullock? Because she's hot. <laughs> and like, I just, you know, you saw her in Blindside and she looked really good with yeah. the blonde hair. So yeah. I would have just picked that just because she would portray me better than I could portray myself. So that, no, I think that's an outstanding selection. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Sandra Bullock, classic. All right. You got one for me? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to. I'll put you on the spot. Okay. Um, would you rather fight a silverback gorilla or a brown grizzly, grizzly bear? I've heard that so many times lately, like the bear versus the gorilla thing. Like, what is that from? Like, why do I keep hearing that? I think it's from Reddit originally. Okay. I could be wrong, so don't quote me on that. But it's you're just supposed to see who would you win in a fight? Who do you think would win in a fight? Out of the two? Yeah. Who are you betting on? I think I'm going to bet on the bear. And I just say that because... I don't know. Bears are just wild like that. Like they can climb, they can run, they can swim. They're carnivores. I think the the gorillas are more like vegetarian. Um, I would bet on the gorilla. Would you? The silverback? Yeah, that thing's got hands. No, I, I don't know. I'm going with the bear. You're going with the gorilla. Yeah. Will we ever find out? I don't know. One day. One day on Animal Planet, we might get our mm -hmm. answer. Okay. Next question for you. Random question. Who is your favorite airman? My husband. Oh, shout out to the husband. Yeah, shout out to Sergeant Drew Craze. He's my... Why Why is that your favorite airman? What do you love about that guy? Um, he's... Okay. Um, he's just, like, super kind and supportive, and he loves me, and I love him. And, you know, awesome. like, we met in the military, but, like, he's going to be the one of the few things I take with me when I leave, you know? Yeah, wow. So. That's a beautiful way to put it, by the way. Mm -hmm. I love that. All right, what you got for me? Um, I don't know. Where do you where do you see yourself in twenty years? What do you want? You know, what's three things you want done in twenty years? Three things I want done. I want to keep my sanity and my health. I want to keep my family happy and healthy, and I hope to be doing something I love. Like we, this podcast? Hell yeah! Hey, I'm doing this. Anyone want to sponsor this? Pick this up. I retire in two years. Let's get after it. But no, for real. I would if I could just travel and do this for a living. One hundred percent, I would do that. I love getting to know people. I love hearing their stories, their journey. Uh, it, it it it's kind of how I show gratitude. Yeah. You know, by hearing them out 
and then sharing that story. That's my version of gratitude. Okay. So that's why I get a lot of joy from it. That's an outstanding question. Uh, and then I think a great question to ask anyone is what book would you recommend? You know, leadership book or actually, you know what? Not even leadership, any book, any book. What would you recommend? One book that I've always loved since I was like a kid was Into the Wild by John Conker. Mm -hmm. It's a it's based off of a true story. It's mm -hmm. about a guy named Chris in the 90s who kind of strayed from society and didn't want to live um, within the structures of society. So he just backpacked around and he ended up in Alaska um, trying to live off the wilderness. So it's kind of about his journey and how he kind of, you know, self-discovery, that kind of stuff. Right. Um, it's a very short book. It's probably like 200 pages, so it's not a hard read. But... Um, I think it's something that everybody should enjoy reading, you know? Definitely. It has a good message. I've seen the movie. Okay. I've seen the movie, so I know exactly the guy you're talking about. Yeah. And I was really torn on that story because it was like he was so convinced that, he, you know, he was meant to just travel and be in the wild. But sadly, that, you know, got him killed because he mm -hmm. was trapped. Spoiler alert. So sorry. But he doesn't, he doesn't make it. He gets trapped from floodwaters in Alaska. Yeah. And he's stuck in this abandoned school bus. Mm -hmm. And he ends up, I don't know if this is true or not. I think it is from the journals. But he ends up basically saying that human connection is actually, like if he could redo life, he would focus more on human connection versus isolating in the woods. Yeah. But he didn't have that realization until he knew he was going to die in that school bus in the middle of Alaska. So I was always torn on that guy because I was like, ah. Well, I think it makes you appreciate with with what you already have, right? And I'm not saying I would go out and do what he did, but based off of what he learned from it, I can learn from it, if that yeah, makes sense. Absolutely. By the way, I recently Googled where to find that school bus. They took it away. They did. Yeah, the Air National Guard like airlifted it out in yeah. like 2018. They're going to turn it into a monument somewhere. I think so, in like New Delhi Park or whatever. Do you know why they took it? Because too many hikers were going to it and getting stuck. Yes. That thing was far. Mm-hmm. Like, it's in the middle of nowhere. Like, oh my God, that's like where freaking Sasquatch lives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, okay. Great answers all around. Uh, we're off to a great start. But here's what we're going to talk about, y'all. We're talking about the Medics X Initiative. We're talking about Colleen becoming the 12 Outstanding Airman of the Year. We're talking about all of that, but what really piqued my interest, Colleen, was that Medics X initiative because this is kind of a new, a newer concept. Yes. Um, and I was hoping you could just run me through that deployment and how you utilize this Medics X initiative. Yeah. So I deployed from October 2019 to June 2020 to Kenya. Um, I was a senior airman. It was my first deployment. A um, lot of pressure, but I was excited to go. Um, I didn't even know what the Medics X initiative was until after I came back from my deployment. So I kind of implemented it without even realizing it. So, but the Medic X initiative, from my understanding, is that there's a medic who kind of force multiplies their resources to other people who are not a foreign. So I was helped trained um, the public health technician I was with. I helped train the firefighters, um, extended that a little bit to like security forces and vehicle maintenance and contracting. Um, and I was able to get them to understand the basics of tactical combat casualty care, how to use their IFACs, all that kind of stuff. Um, and it really helped because we ended up going through a terrorist attack, you know, three months into the deployment. Yeah. Um, and they were like vital 
and taking care of our patients. Like I, there's no way that I could have done it by myself. So with wow. them there, they were helping with heat casualties. They were helping with burn victims. Like we had so much, I had so much on my plate, but yeah. they were able to, you know, use those force multiplied skills to help me. So at the end of the day, like that whole operation was them and I was just kind of overseeing it all. Wow. So just so I'm understanding. So the med group is, there's a lot of patient care people, but then there's a lot of non-patient care people like me as public health. I do food inspections. I'm still in the med group, but I I don't have direct hands-on patient care, right? Yes, exactly. And so what you're saying is like to have all hands on deck during an emergency or a crisis it's good for all those people to have these basic patient care skills. That way when stuff hits the fan, God forbid, everyone's ready to go and help in some capacity. Yes. Creating more positive you know, patient outcomes because of that multiplying, yes. Wow, so um, are you able to like tell me what, what went down that day? Like the details of that part? Um, yeah, so I guess like the, the Sparkman version is that um, we were in Kenya and that airstrip um was attacked by al-shabaab which is a terrorist group associated to al-qaeda um and it resulted in a lot of um a lot of fires a lot of destroyed aircraft and we did have a couple of um casualties result of that so we were basically like treating and triaging patients all day um working on securing that airfield and that was you know an entire base effort so um it came I want to say, for me at least, it was very surprising. I don't think that we expected something like that to happen, mm-hmm. but I think everybody put hands on deck to be able to do the best that we could that day to fix it. So, so you know, was it surprising for you to like see all like the training and, and the initiative of this of this Medics X program? Like, was it surprising to see it effectively work? Like, um, I would say I would, you know, I was the day of. I right, I have like no thought process. Like I was thought process. Like I was just getting it done. And then probably a couple of weeks after I kind of came, you know, started to review everything in my head, going through patient care and everything like that. I was like, wow, all these interventions happened, but I'm not the one who did it. And it kind of hit me, you know, like a few weeks later, I was like, wow, they really did step up. And like, so it was nice to see that. Yeah, that's amazing. It's it's like you all just came together and you know exactly what the training was meant to do you Mm -hmm. actually saw it play out and so i think there's a lot of like pride in that when like you're like a family out there and you can take care of each other that at that capacity you know what i mean because like no one's coming to your rescue like you're all you got out there you know what i mean so i think that's a good feeling to like know that Mm -hmm. everyone's on board with you know that initiative yeah and thank god you guys did and thank god for you being out there um, I feel like, like we were talking before we hit record that, you know, you were the right person at the right place at the right time. It was a traumatic, terrible thing that happened, but I'm just very proud of you for, you. for going through that, stepping up and, and doing the best you could to help people. Yeah. That's, it's incredible. I definitely shout out to major Casterson, the PA I was with. He's absolutely like hundred percent my mentor and he definitely like I came in you know feeling unprepared and he let me step up he taught me things you know and educated me as best as he could up until that point and also Staff Sergeant Stengel like the public health technician I was with he definitely like stepped in on the daily like there was it wasn't just that you know moment where we we needed all hands on deck like all throughout the deployment he was trying to do patient care with me because it was just me and him so he you know 
for eight months, he maintained that battle rhythm. So I, you know, that's longevity there. So, so I want to, yeah, I want to give a shout out to Staff Sergeant Chris Stangle as well. Um, we were talking about him as well. He's a mutual friend of ours. I knew him at Whiteman Air Force Base. Uh, absolutely love the guy. He has such a funny sense of humor. He has this beautiful family. Um, I love the dude since day one. And so I'm so glad that he was out there with you because he's the type of guy that he keeps his cool. He He's collected. You know, I feel like he, he would be my go-to in my book if I was in that type of situation. Absolutely. I'm a little dramatic. So he definitely uh, he definitely kept me grounded through that whole deployment. So. Right. Yeah. So shout out to you, Stango. We love you, buddy. And hopefully he'll come on here. Yeah. I mean, he is here. Yeah, he's and somewhere in the crowd. And I gave him like five hugs. We'll find him. Yeah. <laughs> we'll find you, Stangle. <laughs> um, okay, so it's safe to say that that experience led to the 12 OAY happening? Or? Um, so that, yes, that, that specific moment, yes, absolutely. But then it was the rest of the deployment as well. Like there were so many other things that I was taking care of that um, – really like helped my package you know get all the way up to the match com so wow is there anything you'd like to point out in that yeah um i worked with the comms unit while we were down there um to get telemedicine available in kenya which is really hard because we're geographically separated from everything you know signal is not great um, we were working with some older equipment that you know didn't necessarily support what we needed in order to do that, but we got it fixed, and I was able to get telemedicine into Kenya. That way, if somebody needed to see like orthopedics or a physical therapist or a mental health provider, we coordinated with um, Interlic and we coordinated with Launchstool to be able to get virtual appointments with doctors. That way, we didn't have to medevac our patients out. Wow. So um, it saved thousands and thousands of dollars, and I was able to establish that connection while I was out there. Wow, that's incredible. Mm -hmm. So we worked with that. We, um, I was a veterinarian out there, too. We had military working dogs. Never did that before in my life. What did you not do? Um... I didn't. I didn't post on on a tower. I know that I didn't go up there with security forces. Sorry, guys, but that was like the only thing you didn't do. Yeah. Uh, so you were you were taking care of the military working dogs. Yeah. Um. They thankfully they didn't really need too much, right? Um. But if something were to happen to them, it was you know the PA and my's responsibility to take care of them. Um. And there were a couple times, couple instances where we were kind of like mm, something's wrong with that dog, and um, we would call up a veterinarian. Um using WhatsApp, right? Because everybody uses that these days. Yeah. So I'd be on FaceTime with a veterinarian showing him a dog. Um, wow, that yeah. is wild. Yeah, it was It was a lot of new things, kind of yeah. rolling with the punches, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah. So felt good to kind of be in charge of those projects. So Yeah, I mean, you, you had like a full medic-like experience in this one little trip, in this one small time frame. Mm -hmm. The amount of obstacles you had the situations that you were faced with, like you did more in that deployment than most medics do in their entire career combined. Yeah, and I wouldn't necessarily recommend it, you know? Right. Um, like the burnout after deployment was real. Yeah. Um, coming back into, like I deployed pre-COVID, you know, pre I came back to the United States and it was a whole nother world. My, my, everything had changed for me. So, and it wasn't like a gradual change, which I feel like everybody else kind of experienced, you know, throughout March um, of that year of 2020. I came back and the world had stopped. Oh, so, so like our gradual shutdown, you were in a country that, wasn't tracking that at all really at that time well i was you know i was geographically separated. yeah you were in the middle of nowhere exactly so it didn't affect me until i came back 
Um, and then all of a sudden, like I'm being quarantined, I'm being, you know, I'm PCSing in the middle of it and like, no, I can't talk to anybody. I can't go into the med group. I can't do anything. So then you I don't even know how to process. Exactly. So, oh um, and it was a, it was a, it was a work hard, play hard situation, that deployment, right? It was amazing to be able to work on all those opportunities, but, um, I would probably, you know, try to space out all those projects, you know, over a course, a couple of years that way, you know, yeah. work-life balance. Yes. So let's talk about like when you got back, okay. you know, like what are some of like the struggles that you've had since you've been back and, you know, were you able to get past anything? Do you have like tips for anyone who's in a similar situation? Mm -hmm. But I, I am curious about, you know, how you did cope with, with that return because that, that it is hard to return to normal. Well, actually you returned to a whole new world, but you're also back in the States. Everything's familiar yet different. Yes. Plus, you went through all this crazy, insane things, and now you're no longer in a threatening environment, like physically threatening. So I'm just curious, like, that integration, was that a challenge for you? Uh, it was definitely a challenge for me. Um, I struggled really hard with anxiety coming back from that deployment. Um, I really second-guessed myself on all the decisions I made um, as a medic because while I was deployed, I was doing a lot of, a lot of high-stress um, decision-making. Mm -hmm. Um, and things I wasn't necessarily confident in. So I would, you know, double, triple, triple check. I would, you know, reach out to a mentor that I had back at the States and ask, like, is this the right decision um, before I would do anything? Mm. So when it came to patient care. So when I returned back to the United States, that, um, that lack of confidence continued with me back to going to my normal job. And I would still second, you know, third guess myself on what I was doing, even if it was a task that I had been doing since I joined the Air Force. So, um, so it gave, it planted a seed of doubt. Yes. So the situation that you were put in was so high demand, was so full of anxiety and yes. stress and fear that it planted a seed of doubt in your mind upon your return. Yes. That threw you off in a sense. Yes. And I, I deployed there, you know, with three and a half years of service as a senior airman. So I, you're brand I, new. I was brand, I'm brand new to the air force and yeah. I felt, um, I, personally felt under under prepared for it yeah um i felt like i could have gone with a little bit more experience a little more training yeah um i feel like anything more could have worked in my favor you know yeah and and, and you don't really notice until you're in the situation and you're like oh crap yes you don't know like, i showed up and i was like hmm i guess i shouldn't be here <laughs> and and not to take away from your story or anything but like i guess to to relate with what you're saying i before I got fully trained in, in military funeral honors, I kind of abruptly did this dignified transfer. And I thought I went through it enough, but I, I definitely did not. And, yes. I, and it didn't hit me until I was in the van next to the plane. It's pouring rain. The family's by the plane. Uh, his airman is in blues by the plane. And I'm like shaking. Yes. I'm like, like, like there's so much pressure to do it perfect because you you don't want to screw this up for the family and it didn't hit me until that moment that like i was like josh you did not prepare for this like you like going through it two times like the seriousness of the situation i would have went through it a hundred times yes and you you watch like all these videos on like social media and stuff of dignified um like funerals and stuff like full honors and stuff but it's not the same until you experience it in person yeah you you see their face you, they're crying like you feel their emotions it's mm -hmm. a it's a whole feeling you know that embodies the situation that you, you can't get from watching it on television yeah absolutely you know 
Um, and then full disclosure, I forgot my US insignia on my uniform um, because I was so full of anxiety and I felt so underprepared that I legitimately forgot parts of like my ceremonials. And it was, I felt terrible. I felt like, like I let them down and it was humiliating to the airmen, you know, cause I'm the higher ranking person. I run the program and I couldn't even bring the right accoutrements for my uniform. His airmen's in service dress, his looks perfect. I'm missing the stuff. I had no choice but to, to go through with it. Um, whether they noticed or not, I don't know. I still felt terrible. And I, and I only share that story because of preparedness. You know, I wasn't prepared and I had so much anxiety that that led to me making mistakes, mm -hmm. you know? So thank you for sharing that. I know that it was really hard for you to come back and, and it's just one of those things that stay with you forever. And, yeah. and, uh, any, has anything helped navigating that? Um, I mean, obviously like community has always helped me, you know, reaching out to my friends and family. I think it's always kind of sad to PCS away from your first duty station. Cause that's where you make all your friends, right? You're yeah. living in the dorms and that's how you meet other people in different career fields. And then mm. when you leave, um, you kind of lose that, that ability to, to, you know, intertwine with other people. Um, yes. but a lot of my friends have PCS to other bases. Um, I met my husband on deployment. So I got to bring him back home with me. So that was great. So I would say community has definitely helped. Um, I did reach out to mental health, you know, yeah. and got some help through there. And um, overall, I think it was just community building better coping skills and accepting what is. Yeah. So I appreciate you sharing that for mm -hmm. real. Um, and I've been in me mental health myself. I'm still trying to go myself. I just feel like it's one of those things that we just need to accept and normalize. Uh, mm -hmm. a bit more so I'm if I do go to mental health now I just put it on the calendar as mental health like mm -hmm. I don't want like the shame of hiding it you know what I mean and uh so I I applaud you for for pursuing that and, and letting it be known so the last thing I want to talk about is your 12 OAY experience the good the bad and the ugly yes because uh, there are some you know consequences to it there's amazing experiences there's amazing opportunities but there's also now you've been labeled the best of the best. Yes. Not everyone receives that well. No, and it's hard to live up to. <laughs> right. Because I'm still human, so. Right. So, like, I think what people don't realize is that there's not much that sets you apart. You know, like, we're all airmen and we all worked our butts off to get here. Mm -hmm. So, like, the gap of a, the, the 12-OAY down to, like, the person who competed and didn't win like that, it's not all that much different. No, not at all. You know what I mean? It's like you were 10% better than your, you know, the percentage gap, you're not a superhero compared to the, the people who didn't win. Yes. But they, but they think there's a massive gap that you must have some incredible superpower and you must be the most gifted person on planet earth because of that award. Yeah. And a lot of people don't realize those you know, third and fourth order effects. Um, so I was just curious on your 12 OAY experience, the positives, and then some things you didn't appreciate it so much. Yeah. Um, so to start off with like the good stuff, um, it's been an amazing tour, right? Like all these PDY opportunities, being able to meet the other 12 OAY winners, like I'm going to stay friends with those guys for life, yeah, you know, yeah. past the military. Definitely. Um, and we're all kind of in the same boat, you know, like how did we get here? You know, like yeah. what was 12, I didn't know what 12 OAY was until I won it. 
So yeah. um, most people don't know what it is. Exactly. I yeah. don't think it's a well advertised award within the Air Force or how to do it. Or exactly, like, a lot I of leadership was, a, was unfamiliar with how to get me through this. I, I thought it was a quarter. I, I didn't even know it was an annual award. I was like, because my dad won it and yeah. he always talked about it. And you know, when I finally started getting competitive, I was like, dude, what is that? Mm -hmm. Like. Is it like a AFA thing? Is it a quarterly? Like I had for the, I, I didn't know until I've been in like 10 years. Mm -hmm. And then I met someone named Alan Cherry, who is public health. And I said, dude, how did you win this? You know, what, what did you do? And then he ran me through the whole process. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my God, what? So go on, continue. Sorry. Yeah. It was, um, yeah, so I was unfamiliar with what was happening. Like, I was, yeah. I started getting all these, like, notifications. Oh, like, you won at the squadron. You won at the group. You're going to Matchcom. And I was like, all right, cool. That's awesome. Um, and, you know, like, I'm in, I'm on a TDY. I'm in the middle of, like, Pennsylvania with the Army. And then they told me I win my, my I won Matchcom. And I was like, awesome. So it stops here. And they're like, no, it doesn't stop here. And I'm like, well, what else is there to win? Like, how do you go past Matchcom? And they're like, well, you're going to the Air Force now. And I was like the big air force like the big big air force and i'm surrounded by like army personnel they don't know what's going on i don't know what's going on so i was kind of like all right awesome you know let me know if i win yeah and then um i got notified they you know they pulled me down to dha down in virginia mm -hmm. um and they i had um like the matchcom commander the matchcom uh you know chief down there and they all were telling me that i won and i was like i already knew i won the matchcom what are you talking about um, and it took me a solid three minutes of them all talking to me to realize that I had won the 12 Outstanding Airmen of the Year Award. I thought that they were re-congratulating me on winning Matchcom. Okay. And I like blacked out in this office. I was like, what's going on? Like, why are you, why are you praising me so much? I was like, I, I knew I won Matchcom like two months ago. Right. Um, but since then, like, the Matchcom, you know, has been great. You know, AFDW, like, they supported me all throughout AFA. Um, yeah. They all showed up to all the parties and all the all the ceremonies and everything like that. Um, I really enjoyed going out to the academy. I got to go out there twice and work with the cadets. And that was, that was probably the most phenomenal part of the whole thing, was wow. being able to integrate with cadets who are, you know, the same age as me in two very different, you know, paths with our career. Right. Both successful. Yeah. Um, and being able to mentor them a little bit, telling them like, you know, what do I think? I, you know, what do I want from officers? What do you want from the enlisted? Wow. Um, so that was great. I also got to jump off their 10 meter dive. Um, at the <laughs> that pool. thing is hot. It was, uh, it was very intimidating, but I did it. You did do it. Yes, I did do it. I, got I to saw it on Facebook. Game. It might've been yours. Yeah. Cause I did see someone jump off. I do clearly remember mm -hmm. thinking like, Damn, that's high. Oh, yeah. It gave me, like, whiplash. Like, my neck was hurting for the rest of the day afterwards um, from hitting the water so hard. But it was so fun. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. And that, that campus is beautiful. And there, yeah. there are cafeterias, like, dinner tables. And mm -hmm. So I guess that's, like, going to become a new part of the 12 OAY tour is going to USAFA a couple of times. I don't think that's been included in the past. Um, so yeah. that was super exciting because I think I was, like, one of the first groups to be able to do that. I think you were the second. I, okay. think, I think it started... The, the one, one prior. prior. Yeah. And I know that because I was friends with the global strike winner, mm -hmm. Chief uh, McAlpin. Shout out to Chief McAlpin. Um, he won. And then I kind of followed his journey because I was friends with him on Facebook. Yeah. And I was able to see everything he was doing. Uh, and that was one of the things he was doing. And I'm pretty sure that was like when they first started doing it. So, mm -hmm. yeah, you're probably only the second one. But how cool fun. is that to like 
just the insight that you guys exchanged with those like future officers oh, yeah. is it like was, huge. It was amazing. And I met a couple of them. They were like, well, I really want to go to med school. And I'm like, do it, go to med school. Uh, you know, got to represent. Yeah. But um, it was just, it, it, they're normal people. You know, they're, they're college kids. Yeah. And as, you know, a 24 year old, like I'm in that same age range. So we have similar interests and it was just, it was just great to be able to like talk to cadets and like kind of shed that military bearing a little bit to be able yeah. just to interact with other people. Definitely. Um, and plus like Colorado is beautiful. The campus is beautiful. Oh my They're God. amazing hosts. Like yeah. That's it was, awesome. it was probably the best experience I had for the 12 OAY so far. That's incredible. Um, and yeah, I, I see the friendships made too. Like mm -hmm. I see on your Facebook that the group before you, they're still friends to this day. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're, they're very close. Yeah. Uh, and I have one of my favorite pictures that I caught with the, the 12 OAY group before yours was I was at the AFA and I, I just happened to like get in their elevator with all of them and their family. They're crammed in there. Yeah. And I got this selfie with all of them and me like struggling to get in the frame at the yeah. bottom. But like the energy and their excitement and their family was there. Like it was just, they were having the time of their life. And like, I felt that. And I was like so happy for them that yeah. they were just having the absolute time of their life. And they were going to like some secret hotel room that was reserved for just them. Yeah, that exists. <laughs> and I was like, can I come? No, I didn't get to go. I tried though. It was, um, uh, yeah, super squirrely secret stuff. It, there's What's in that room? I can't tell you. You can't tell me what's in that mm -hmm. room? There's really... There's, secrets are in the room. There's really secrets in the 12 OAY community. Is that what you're telling me? You gotta me? win to find out. I guess I'm never finding out then. Or you could close. be someone's date to it. You I, know? Came, I came this close. Very close. Um, okay. So I want to also talk about winning an award at that level. It has some unintended consequences. And I first noticed this with that guy, Alan Cherry. He was a 12 OAY. He was treated like gold. I mean, <laughs> he was getting interviewed. He was going TDY. He was... And that was my first exposure to it. So I w I've never seen an, a senior airman get treated like that. I was like, oh my God, mm -hmm. like, this is wild. Like, you know, colonels were like, you know, treating him like, he, you know, he was a general or something. Like, yeah. it was just, it was so crazy to see. But I saw the biases too. Um, I had a, 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 unfortunately, I had a toxic leader in our organization that was just not good. And I remember him thinking like, oh, we're getting this you know this kid coming in who, do, who does he think he is it was just very intimidated very very threatened yeah. and immediately trying to put obstacles in his way that that airman he became a staff sergeant so sergeant cherry he ended up separating after that mm -hmm. and I, I i haven't stayed in touch with him but if i had to guess why it was the post treatment that led him to getting out. Because mm -hmm. who wins twelve OAY and then separates like right after it? That can't be uh, common. Quite a few. For real? Yeah. Oh, quite wow. a few have done it. Um, that I've seen in previous rotations and in my current rotation. So, um, have you dealt with any like obstacles yourself with that? Uh, yes, I have. Um, I think I went through that phase too, where as a senior airman, I was receiving you know this enormous amount of praise, and I think it caused. Um, a little bit of jealousy from my peers, yeah. um, a little bit of anger, you know, and I think I'd also caused myself a little bit of imposter syndrome, you know, like really? I was personally struggling to accept the praise. I didn't really believe it. I was like, well, you guys don't know who I really am, you know, like I'm not this great. Yeah. Um, so I think with all of that, and then they kind of, you know, you, I PCS'd right after, or right as I won the award. So this new unit knew I had won, right? 
Um, so they had these enormous expectations of me. They're like, this is like a, you know, a high speed, you know, you know, cold killer. She's going to come in and she's going to run this she's show. She's going to change the whole organization. But I am, a, I am a normal, regular NCO who sometimes, you know, occasionally shows up late to work because of traffic. You know, I have a yeah. life outside of work. I have a husband. I have two cats. You know, I think it kind of shocked them how human I was and I wasn't this stellar you know amazing NCO like I come in and I, I do the best I can you know yeah. I participate in everything they throw at me but at the end of the day like I have my limitations just like everybody else does um, I'm not you know I'm not a nurse I'm not a physician you know and I think within the medical field um, they expected me to be like this ever you know expectation of knowledge you know like I know everything about being a medic and I don't I'm not a I'm not a paramedic I'm not you know air vac trained I, I'm not an IDMT so when they would ask a question and I didn't have an answer it kind of like solidified in their minds that I was not this stellar person yeah um so I would say like the treatment afterwards like once like the shiny 12-way-y kind of like faded away um, yeah. If anything, like it started to set a negative um, like reputation for me. They were like, "Oh, she won twelve boy wide, but she's not even that great." So the wow. treatment afterwards, all the way up, it's like an impossible expectation to set. Yeah, it's impossible to meet afterwards, and it definitely sets like a negative reputation for you. And I know other twelve boy wide have experienced it as well, and they're kind of like, "Well, where do we go from here? Like, what do I do now?" Oh my god, I never even so I was a twelve boy wide global strike, like yes. I told you. But at that point, I was a master sergeant, um, so I'm kind of already at the towards the end, back end of mm -hmm. my career. Where does one go when you're an airman? You win the highest award that exists. Do you still compete for awards? I, I have no idea. Like, I couldn't tell is that, you. Is that okay, or is that not okay, or do you, or do you need to wait X amount of years until you try again? I have no, I don't know, and I've seen it um, within my leadership where, like, they don't want to submit me for awards now because they think that you know I've got it all. I'm gonna make tech or whatever. I haven't even tested for tech, so they want to submit all these other individuals who are equally as deserving, right? Um, for these awards and they want to deny me these opportunities now because they think that winning 12 Y has got me set for life and it's not you know it, yeah. you win 12 Y it's an amazing award but it goes on your EPR right and it will eventually fade away as you get more EPRs and literally no one will see it and no one will see it so it's an, it's an amazing award to win but it's not this everlasting thing that's going to make you you know it's not going to ride me to chief right so yeah um, I still have to work you the know? only person who is going to ride that to Chief is a 12-0-A-Y was a senior master sergeant. Yes. Really? Shout I'll out to Chief Banks. He made Chief <laughs> from senior. Yes, and Chief McAlpin was a senior, obviously made Chief from. Yeah. So, yeah, that that scenario is probably the only time it would get you yeah. to be a it Chief. It helps you get to the next rank, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's no denying that. Like, this award is, is you know, amazing Well, that's why I made promotion. Master, yeah. for sure. That, that was why. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't have made it otherwise. I had a line number for staff as soon as I won, so I, we'll see if I make tech with this, but... Yeah, um, keep me posted. Yeah, we'll see. Um, but, yeah, it definitely... Um, there's benefits to it, right? Like, it helps you, you know, progress your career and everything, but it doesn't ride you to the end. So, um, have you ever met like a mentor 12 OAY that has gone through all that and like bounced these questions off them? Um, I mean, we so we have uh, 
senior Rex, who just uh, got a line for Chief, so Chief Rex now. Um, he was our 12-boy wife. That dude's mentor. jacked, by the way. I know. He works out like every single you day. You lift a lot, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you make me feel like a freaking hobby. But go ahead. So, but he, he's been our mentor this whole... So, usually with 12-boy Y, they pick a person who won the 12-boy Y the previous year. And there, you're going to be like this current year's mentor. So we're, our my group right now is currently waiting to see who's going to get picked to be the mentor for the next year. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, so it's an amazing opportunity to do, right? So yeah. Chief Rex has been here, like, you know, since day one. He's been, like, organizing us because we're, like, you know, chickens with our heads cut off. We're running around, like, where do you want us? What are we doing? Yeah. And he's cool, calm, collected. He's great at networking, super charismatic. So... Um, he's been there, you know, to answer questions, but he won last, he won in 2020. So, I mean, he's still relatively fresh to the 12 OAY community as well. So yeah. he does his best with answering whatever questions we have. Wow. I love that. And I, I'm friends with him on Facebook, never mm -hmm. met him. I wonder, is he here or no? Um, I, I'm not sure if he will be here, but I hope he is. I hope he's coming. That would be amazing. Mm -hmm. I would love to meet, the, I would love to meet you, bro, if you're watching. Um, but because yeah he he is awesome he was doing all these courses and sharing all this knowledge and not a lot of people do that they kind of hold on to it so i always thought it was really cool that he was making such an effort to like yes help like genuinely help other people he'll be the next siak oh you're calling it i'm calling it he'll be the next siak dang so. dude. Like, we'll give him like eight years that's amazing you're gonna be a siak bro um don't forget me when you're famous yeah don't forget we'll be your secretaries uh, I'll drive you around. Um, but anyways, uh, I just want to thank you, Colleen, for just your transparency, your vulnerability. You're also very humble. Uh, you're a humble person. I think that's a, a really good trait to have with someone that has gone through the things that you've gone through, right? Because that, that, that just makes me trust you even more as a, a good person. You didn't let things get to your head. As a matter of fact, you do everything you can to highlight your teammate you did it this whole time you're highlighting other people you're highlighting other teammates although this is your episode but you still chose to bring up other people and i think it says a lot about you and your character and you shared with me a lot of the things that you went through thank you even before we started um and you absolutely do deserve all the good things that are happening so i just want you to know you do deserve that don't lie to yourself and say that you don't deserve it because you absolutely do thank you i appreciate it okay all right, y'all. Well, that was Colleen Mitchell. You freaking killed it. How do, you, how do you feel? You're on Hero Front. Uh, I mean, this is always kind of intimidating, right? Like, I'm an extroverted introvert. So, um, I don't know. I enjoyed it. It was good. Okay. You're easy to talk to. Oh, that's so. good. I, I would hope so. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, this was Colleen Mitchell. She's on Hero Front. She absolutely crushed it. We loved talking to you. We'll have you on again when you make Tech Sergeant, right? One day. One day. We'll see. All right. We'll see y'all. All right. Thanks.